Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bonus 64. This is the show where we are bringing on one of our top-tier Patreon supporters who gets to choose whatever game they want us to play, and gosh darn it, we're going to play it. And uh, sometimes they can be really mean about it, and sometimes they can be extra nice about it. And our guest today was just so super, super nice, as he has been with all of his choices. Uh, well, first of all, my name is Steve Guntling. Hi, I'm Woody Siskowski. Hi. Hi, nice, uh, nice to see you. <laughs> I'm glad to finally have you on the show. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> we are joined today uh, by just just one of our favorite guests, uh, all the way from Australia. CJ Baker is back with us today. How's it going, CJ? Uh, really, really well. I'm um, I'm really excited to uh, blow some stars with my friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh yeah. That's how that sounds like a euphemism for taking some kind of hallucinogenic substance. You're like, hey, we're going to go. You got to excuse us for a second. We're all going to go into the bathroom and blow some stars. I thought you I thought you got a uh, I thought you'd you'd gotten a copy of my memoir of uh, my life as a roadie in the 80s. Yeah. Blowing stars. The Steve Guntley story. (laughs) Yeah, I um, I didn't I didn't really set that up as a uh, as a Rorschach test. But here we are. Well, uh, as you can probably tell from this conversation, we're talking about Kirby Superstar, a game that uh, uh, it just packs so much value into one little Super this, NES card. Is this game called Kirby Superstar or Kirby's Superstar? I thought it was Kirby I, without the possessive. I, I might Kirby, be wrong. Yeah. Okay, so he does not, yeah, you're right, he does not own this game. It is not possessive of Kirby. It's also not like a colon. It should say Kirby colon superstar because that would accurately describe his rank. I can't imagine. I'd, I'd like to take this moment to pitch a comma. Okay. Yeah, let's do <laughs> no, it. No, I oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like Kirby superstar. It's just, it's a statement of fact. It's like if you go to a fancy business meeting and then Kirby is there, he's like, hello, let me give you one of my business cards. And it says Kirby, comma, superstar. <laughs> and then he spits it out at us, and it's all covered in phlegm. And we're like, what the fuck are we supposed to do with this Kirby? I mean, it Come would on. admittedly take far too long for him to list all of his jobs and talents. Like, Kirby, yeah. cook, yo-yo master, jet fighter. Like, it just keeps, it keeps going. Ninja. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of skills. He's got a wide and diverse resume, uh, which is... Kind of one of the things I love about the Kirby series is that this is a this is a series with a very, very basic premise, and yet they always find ways to keep it kind of fresh and innovative. Like Kirby in the Forgotten City, which just came out this year, is kind of one of my favorite games of 2022. <laughs> like they, they found a way to make wow. Kirby like feel fresh and fun after God, so many entries, more than 20 games in the series to date. But uh, which I, is one thing impressive. I do want to get into a little bit, um, I don't know if we're we'll, We'll get into this more in a little bit, but like the timeline of Kirby, especially in the early days of Kirby, was very weird. Like it was. It, the release dates of a lot of Kirby games came on like the weird tail end of systems, and there wasn't all that many Kirby games for a while, and then sort of they just really have started pumping them out. Yeah, and I mean Kirby has always kind of thrived on handheld systems, so when like the DS and the 3DS became big, like. Those we just got a whole ton of Kirby, and I'm really not complaining about it. Um, well, uh, let, let's start. CJ, first yeah. of all, I wanted to ask you, yeah, why did you choose this game? I, I mean, um, like like a couple of things I'm playing at the moment. It's it's sort of your fault. Um, <laughs> I um, this is today my first and only Kirby game. Oh, oh no, kidding! I um, yeah, right. So I um, I went into this completely cold. I had no idea what to expect, and. Um, I, I, this game fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. If, um, if I had discovered this when it was contemporary, 
um, it would have blown my mind. Uh, it's the game is like a, it's like a warm hug, mm-hmm. yeah, made of drugs. <laughs> um, a, a drug. There hug. is so much inventive uh, character design going on and gameplay design, um, all built on top of what is a, a really simple mechanic. Um, I, I was completely blown away. I didn't know what to expect, but after hearing uh, both of you um, and guests talk just really really talk a big game about the kirby franchise yeah i um i looked on the shelf for the the one that i owned um and this this game single-handedly made the price of admission for the super nintendo mini well worth it um yeah really blown away i i i wish i'd gotten to it sooner but also (laughs) this feels like discovering like discovering a great old book or movie that you get to appreciate with a with a, a fully developed set of eyes um yeah I, I love this i'm so pleased it was it was something that i'd that i'd sat on until i had the time to really examine it and have some fun with it um i i really love this game nice um, so yeah that's i mean yeah. that's always this, a, this actually but, but i've got i've got no history with kirby at all it's a complete blind spot for me and uh and i've got questions <laughs> so i've kind of I've I've come to church to to hear the good word about Kirby and have some of these questions answered. So uh, I'm I'm really excited for today. We'll, we'll we'll do our best. I mean, I I actually realized that this was my first time playing this particular game too. I'd always thought I'd played it. Oh. I had it confused with like Kirby's Dream Course, which is like a weird mini golf game. Yeah. Uh, but I have played the little samurai mode on this because I know Woody, you are a big fan of that samurai yeah, that, mini that, game. That, to be clear, that's like a one-screen mode in this game that is just bursting with content, and it is by far yeah. the mode of this game I have played the most because yeah. I, I love that mode. But I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> I, I must have spent an hour. <laughs> and yeah, this game, um, I've actually come around on this, and I'm not like. CJ, you're coming in very positive on Kirby, and Steve and I, I think the only other time that we've had a chance... Yeah, Kirby, good. Did you guys know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only other time we've had a chance to talk about a Kirby game is uh, for the Nintendo 64, the Crystal Shards. A yeah, game... we've, we've still got one coming up on Wii U, but yeah, that's the only one we've and talked about so far. And that, frankly, is a game I'm not crazy about, because I think it sort of explores some of the less interesting aspects of Kirby. Um, yeah. so I like, wasn't sure how I was going to feel going into superstar, a game I haven't played in a while. And after really, you know, giving it some good, a couple good hours, uh, today, it, it really is a great game. It, it really is. I, I, uh, I sat down to like, just play a little bit to sample it and I wound up beating the entire thing because it's not too terribly difficult to beat the entire thing. And there's just a lot going on on this mm-hmm. cartridge. Mm-hmm. Like, even the modes that seem like they're kind of similar to each other, there's enough differentiation to make each mode kind of feel fresh and unique, which is really cool. I think the mm. first time I played this game, I was kind of put off by the very weird structure of this game. Like, because uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. that is, mm, I would say that's the most unique thing about this game is the way that it's kind sure. of divided up into me- like a bunch of, sort of sub games or like Uh Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and when you first play it you kind of get a feeling of like what the hell is this because you will beat a game like the initial game in like 15 minutes and you're like well that Mm -hmm. that was it and that was so easy and fast and then but this time when you really sort of let one game kind of go into the other it almost functions like 
an episodic thing or kind of like mm-hmm. a training mode where the first mode of this game is like very simple and you just kind of cruise through it. But yeah. as you get to later modes, you're like, oh, look, I'm using sort of they're referencing back to things that I saw in earlier games or I'm using skills I learned in those to sort of like this game is fairly rich in mechanics. There's a lot of stuff going yeah. on. And yeah. um, by going from sort of simple to complex in these sub games, it really does a good job introducing you to these different mechanics. Yeah, it really does mm-hmm. scale beautifully. Like, I, I think that's and, and I, I love this, too, because, you know, so this is uh, produced by Masahiro Sakurai, who uh, we've talked about before. He's the creator of the Smash Brothers series and the Kirby series. So kind of a big wheel at the uh, old Cracker Factory. <laughs> and uh, he it, this feels like he's kind of calling his shot for the next several Kirby games. Like this is going to yeah. be the tone of this one in like five years. It's going to be the one tone of the one in ten years, and they do come around to some of these concepts in later games. Like they they uh, fill these out into full standalone titles, which is pretty cool. So I I really it's, appreciated um, that. Yeah, it it really feels to me like a um, almost like a sample platter of of game concepts. Yeah, but. But none of these are half baked. These are no, these are no. like fully realized games, um, in like a a, a bite sized. I don't, I don't want to say vertical slice, but <laughs> sort of here is what we project the experience to be. Actually, we'll just go and build the experience, and uh, yeah, and here you go. And we'll bundle these all together, and then they've spun these out into much larger games as the as the um, I guess the capacity to better and develop these ideas into larger things um uh, became available um but you yeah. can really see so much of um what what you see in smash now being worked out in in sakurai's third what was his third game at the this time? is his uh um, this is the fourth kirby game yeah yeah wow it, well let's let's yeah. dig into the history a little bit so uh kirby superstar was released september 20th 1996 it was developed by hal laboratories published by nintendo it is a Super NES exclusive, but you can find it on pretty much any Nintendo platform, including Switch Online, which is where I was playing mm, it. Yeah. Um, it's, so, I, it's also, I want to pause you right there, just because it's yeah. always worth pointing out when a game comes out very late in the system's lifespan. Um, yes. This is what I wanted to talk about before. Like the Somehow this was a recurring theme with Kirby games. and I don't know yeah. if the developers just kind of wanted to have a really thorough understanding of the system before they put a Kirby game on it. Cause like the Kirby's uh, adventure, the NES game came out in like 1990 or maybe even like 92. Like, yeah, I believe so. Very late Kirby. NES. Kirby 64 was like 2000, which is already kind of well. Yeah. A lot of these games were the like near the last game on the system. And weirdly, there's even another Kirby game that comes after this one on the Super Nintendo. Like, it's crazy that the first Kirby game on the Super Nintendo was released in 1996. And then there was another one released in 1997. Um, right. Not counting Dream Course, but um, is that uh, Dreamland Three? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that game rules. Also, like if you haven't had a chance to play Kirby's Dreamland Three, that rules. And I think that's why it's on the list. Um, CJ, I'm guessing that that is why this game kind of passed you by. And I think that was the case for me because if you were kind of in the game world at that time, your sights at this point would have been set on PlayStation or Nintendo 64. And like right. Kirby would sort of a new Super Nintendo game would be a little bit on the back burner. 
yeah, yeah I, mean, and for... I, I was still bouncing between um uh, i i was still on a, a master system for a lot of the a lot of the 16-bit generation um because it, it let me fill out my game library cheaper oh yeah yeah um so i kind of didn't get on um the super nintendo until it was until it was passe until like the playstation was on the market um and people that were getting rid of their super nintendos and these massive game libraries um uh, were were popping up so that was that was the time i jumped on so there was a lot of stuff that yeah that just passed me by but you know now i now i get to discover it all over again it's a it's a real treat well, uh, so this, like we said, is the fourth game in the franchise. The game, uh, the series debuted in 1992 with Kirby's Dream Land on Game Boy. And if you've never played that one, uh, that's the one where Kirby is all white. He's very anemic. I think he realized by the second game that he needs to swallow uh, creatures in order to get some iron back in his blood, <laughs> get that nice little pink hue. Well, because in that <laughs> so, game, you, know, you, can still, uh, you can still float and suck in enemies, uh, but you cannot copy their powers. No, no, which is like... Right. This this game, the original Game Boy one, was the Kirby I grew up with. So I didn't really even know he had a copy ability. I didn't even know mm. that was kind of part of his like whole mythos until years later. Uh, I think that was introduced actually in Kirby's Adventure on the NES, which is the second Kirby okay. game. Uh, and then we had Kirby's Dream Land 2 a little bit after that. So this is the first one to appear on a 16-bit system. Uh, once again, like we said, it was directed by creator Masahiro Sakurai, uh, and uh, he had three core ideas in mind while he was developing this game. Firstly, he wanted it to be co-op, which Kirby had not been at this point. Uh, secondly, he wanted it to use an omnibus format, meaning multiple small games in one cartridge. And which third, is... and this is the yep. weirdest one, he wanted it to have fighting game mechanics. <laughs> Which, uh, initially, I was kind of like, all right, well, I don't see that anywhere except for where he, like, puts on a little bandana and punches. But then you mm-hmm. realize, like, this is the first game that has multiple moves for each copy right. ability, depending on, like, your <laughs> button presses. And you have, like, a simple block mechanic and uh, uh, things like that. So there are, uh, there there is some fighting game what, DNA this, in this. This is a block, what? Yeah, the trigger yeah, button's you, block. Yeah, you can block. Mind blown. Oh, yeah, and you have fuck. a little like I didn't realize until I was playing just now. You have a slide kick. Yeah, you can slide. And kick Kirby's got a lot of moves in this game. It is he really it, does. It is quite impressive. And like when I talk when we talked about the crystal shards, like a mechanic that that game has is that you can sort of suck in two different creatures and combine their powers, which feels very cool. But what yeah. you eventually realize is all of the powers just give you sort of one ability. Like, if you get the ability to shoot missiles, you could just shoot a missile forward. Here, when you get, like, the bird power-up, it allows you to fly, dash, shoot out feathers, um, like, a really diverse selection of moves. And a lot of these um, different power sets allow you to grab enemies and, like, suplex and throw them in different directions. Um, I was I was recognizing a lot of moves from Super Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. you know, and this is kind of where they all originate, like the cutter move where he like flips in the air and then slams down. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot of Super Smash Brothers moves that originate in this game. I mean, it really does give you a sense of wanting to try all of the powers. It's not like it's not like a lot of other Kirby games. Like, I'll try mm-hmm. a power once, and I'm like, okay, this is the best one. I'm just gonna stick with this. I'm not gonna yeah. mess with other ones here. Because everything has such a diverse move set and plays fairly differently, um, yeah. I feel mm. it feels fun to mix it up. 
And you have 24 different copy abilities here, so wow. there's a lot of different things to like wow. try out. I didn't even see all of them like in my playthrough. Yeah, so the, there, a, a couple only uh, only come up infrequently. I, I I just like to go on record as being very disturbed by the uh, cooking power-up in yes. which Kirby like bangs. Oh, I haven't found that. Yeah, it doesn't come up often, but like Kirby will bang a pot and pan together. All of the enemies right. from the level will get absorbed into his giant cooking pot. And he will proceed to oh, boil no. them all alive and stir the pot oh, no. with his jolly little oh, chef no. hat. And then they all come out as different foodstuffs. It's, it's and just oh, the Christ. fact that he does it with like this big happy smile on his face while he's literally Jesus. eating his enemies. Yeah. yeah. Which Kirby's David a secretly dark character. Kirby yeah. superstar. Um, I mean, if you were to see a Kirby in real life, it would be terrifying. That's true. Like, like, oh, God. Yeah. Okay. A, a, an amorphous pink blob just kind of sucking in objects. <laughs> yeah, God. It looks like a monster from Prometheus or something. Like, yeah, it would be terrifying. The other thing uh, that um, you brought up that, like, the designer wanted the game to have a, um omnibus format, which yeah. is so odd like it feels like such an unprecedented thing i can't think of any game either before or since that has this sort of structure where it's i mean clearly you're forgetting the masterpiece action 52 <laughs> yeah but that's that's not really the same because that's it's not 52 no. different games all of which are masterpieces no doubt yeah this is just like this is just like uh eight or eight or ten different varieties on the core kirby gameplay like with just little shades and variants so yeah it is it is pretty mm, different mm. And i can't think of anything that's quite like it I, like because even like on that a little bit as well and um uh, and, and woody i i couldn't think of anything quite like it it um I think what I expected going in, because I understood that it was a bunch of mini games, and um, that sort of set me up for for playing something that that felt less complete, yes. or maybe more like a um, uh, like a pilot wings. Yeah, you know those those kind of games where you might have um, successfully completing courses might open up different courses or challenges, but to then you know each game to be like a multi leveled um uh, experience with a bunch of deep systems behind it um was was something really uh, really surprising and I, I can't think of anything else that was presented like this I, um aside from action two, which <laughs> i do course, think one. that like one of the games here which is the like gourmet race uh yeah. where you race king ddd to collect the most food i think that game kind of would fall into the category of like a pilot wings because you basically run through that whole thing in five minutes. Ooh, oh, yeah. Um, like California games or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah. That's that's a close approximation. But it's, again, it, it would be California games if every game was a variation on Hacky Sack. Um, right. <laughs> and, yeah, I think that it would be that if, like, every game was about the same level of depth as the Gourmet, gourmet Race. Um, I right. think that's the only one yeah. that feels a little bit like a throwaway. Um, ironically uh half cooked yeah yeah exactly um but all of the other ones have their own little gimmick and purpose um that i kind of only reveals itself when you play the whole game because yeah, like because mm. it's weird it, it doesn't have like these aren't just like standalone mini games they do kind of build on each other yeah. in an interesting way 
which yeah, and we'll we'll break down each of the individual modes here because each one has something to say about it. But I think one of the coolest new mechanics in this game is you can press the A button at any time to spit out your copy ability, and it will turn into an AI helper. And you can have a second player control that helper for you at any time, which is a pretty cool way to incorporate like single and uh, uh, multiplayer. Yeah, it's very cool. When um, the Super Nintendo Mini came out, um, I was able to snag two of them, and I gave one of them to my nice. little to my nephew, who was you know maybe five six at the time. Um, and this was, this has always been the game on that console that he's wanted to go back to the most. And he actually has really, he enjoyed being the helper the most because like the helper can't really die. Like you can always get sort of easily respawned by Kirby. And so it allowed Mm -hmm. him to play along without sort of the frustration of dying in this game. And it, yeah, it's kind of like a more proactive, uh, tales. Yeah, exactly. And, um, this game also reminds me in some ways of like much more modern, like modern Nintendo games with that helper mechanic. Cause like they'll do, there's so many games now that th- put in some kind of like two player mechanic of like, oh, here's a way for this character to help. Like how you can randomly control Cappy with the second player in Mario Odyssey. Um, is there a Luigi's Mansion that does something similar as well? There probably is. I think Luigi's Mansion Three has has a similar mechanic. Uh, Gooigi, I'm not Gu- sure. Oh that's yeah, Gooigi, that's right. But Gooigi is more of like a um, uh, yeah, a player controlled character. But I CJ's think there is got a, a brain mode. full of Gooigi. <laughs> you, better, you better get that checked out. You go to the doctor's office. Like we got to take a brain scan. I'm like ooh, serious problem. You're just yeah, inundated with Gooigi. <laughs> I have not uh, thought about Guigi in too long, and now I'm very happy thinking about Guigi. <laughs> uh, love that guy. Yeah. So like, uh, so that... this game had like a surprisingly lengthy development process. So this was originally developed for the NES, but oh, that wow. console kind of died before production really got started. So they started over to redevelop for the SNES, and then in 1994, a little game came out called Donkey Kong Country, which was this massive, massive hit, and so they decided they wanted to incorporate some more like CGI kind of designed backgrounds into the game to give it more of that modern sort of pop. Uh, so that kind of dragged out the development a little further. Um, but yeah, this is uh, notable a couple reasons. This is the first game in the series where Kirby's appearance changes depending on his copy ability, which oh. is kind of like his defining characteristic yeah. now. Like uh, him, him uh, swallowing all the characters in Smash Brothers is just one of the simple joys of life. It's just, <laughs> See uh, what it's weird just hat he gets. Absolutely, it's delightful. Yep. Um, yeah. So, uh, and several things changed over the lengthy development here. So originally, the title was going to be Kirby of the Stars Active, uh, but they chose a more easily understandable <laughs> title in the end. Uh, which, yeah, that's a bad title, Kirby of the Stars Active. Active. And there is a colon in that one. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, then it was changed to, it's called Kirby's Fun Pack in PAL regions. Uh, but I still think Mm -hmm. Kirby Superstar is the better title. I like Kirby's Fun Pack also. Yeah, it's P-A-K, which you always gotta love. I get, I don't, I don't know who decided that, like, that's the more fun way to spell pack, but it really is. It's, I think that this game, another thing that's odd about it, like, I, I do think that this is kind of the definitive Kirby game. Like, this is the game that. Wow. Establish the most of what Kirby is about. It seems like mm-hmm. the the most full of content, and like to go back and play the original Dreamland um, for the Game Boy. That game feels very thin, and <clears throat> very, very but thin. like 
I always kind of assumed that Dreamland were the major, the mainline games, and then Kirby Superstar was kind of the side story. But right. it's like, especially because there's a couple other weird Kirby games, like how are you supposed to know, like you said, Steve, which one is Kirby's Dream Course, which one is the weird golf game, and which one yeah. is Kirby Superstar? Like it's not right. super and evocative were... of what the game is. And they were all released within such a tight window, too, like you said, kind of right at the tail end. So, like, yeah, we, we, we mentioned this came out late. This actually was released just nine days before the Nintendo 64 came out in the U.S. Wow. So, like, prime wow. spot to be ignored. And yet it was not ignored. This is actually a pretty uh, uh, well-selling game. It sold 1.5 million copies in the U.S., which is pretty good. Uh, and in 2011, to celebrate the game's 15th anniversary, Nintendo released Kirby Superstar Ultra on the DS which remasters all the graphics and it adds uh, four new game modes and three new mini games. So I haven't played that version, but now having dug into this, I'm like, okay, I want to see what else they got. Um, I, I might want to check out this DS version. I did. I did play the DS version a little bit just to compare and contrast. Um, it looks clean. It plays well. Um, I did. I don't think all of the mini games carried over like the two little ones. See, there were three different mini games that were all touch based. Um, oh, okay. So they didn't bring back oh, like cool. Samurai or Megaton. Punch. I don't think so, unless they're unlockable later. Um, okay. But you know, it, it it does have a different like. It feels much smoother and cartoonier, and doesn't like mm -hmm. the models are not quite as big. And one thing I want to ask you guys, I think it's interesting because we all played this like a different way. I played this yeah. on CJ. Did you play this on a mini or on the Super Nintendo itself? Um, so I uh, I played this on a mini. Um, I I ended up playing this uh, on about four different oh, systems okay. just that were available to me at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I bounced between a a, a PC, a, a Series X, and the uh, and the Super Nintendo Mini itself. Because um, yes. I will say, like, I feel like this game, and you know, I'm saying this with love and nostalgia, but like this game kind of runs like crap. Like it. There was Ooh, they, yeah, there are rough. There moments. was so much slowdown in this game, and that's like you know, as, as beautiful as Super Nintendo games are, like a lot of them really have issues with slowdown, and yeah. especially when you mm -hmm. get um, the helpers going, and so you have another character kind of jumping around, um, and, mm -hmm. and I don't know, it almost got to the point where it was distracting from the game itself, um, and I was I, just curious you know if you guys had that experience as well. Weirdly, I don't know if it's been like upresed or something for the Switch Online, but like I didn't really have any problems with slowdown. Okay. Um, but at least not that I know. If if they were happening, I wasn't paying attention because I was enjoying the sure. game, you know, and it wasn't distracting. And also, like you said, the Super NES just kind of has that baked into it, you know. So like, if you're mm -hmm. gonna play a Super NES game, you sort of expect it to run a little bit slower than like uh, a similarly uh, designed. DS game or something right, like that. Right. You know, it's just going to run yeah, a little bit. You can bit almost chunkier. feel the slowdown coming. So it, it could be that it was happening and I just didn't notice it. But now, if I after this recording, I'll go play again and it'll, I'll notice it. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I'll throw my switch out the window. <laughs> so ruined. Uh, the one last thing I wanted to say before we can get into the different game modes is that not every game mode that they designed made it into this game. The biggest one was called oh. uh, that was cut was called Kajero Mansion. And it was a Kirby survival horror game, <laughs> which sounds really Aww. fun. He gets locked in a haunted mansion, and a witch like takes away his ability to inhale, which huh. is like his one attack. <laughs> and so the game becomes all about like puzzle solving and like a little bit of stealth. Like you're supposed to evade the, all of your enemies rather than like take them on firsthand. So 
Uh, it looks like they weren't able oh, to fit the game, and I don't wow. think any ROMs of this exist, but that sounds like a fun kind of spin on the character. You, yeah, it would have been interesting. You mentioned sneaking and stealth. I, I've been I've been using this game this week as a bit of a palate cleanser between long stints of Metal Gear Solid Five. Nice. And, um, there's, you know what? There's so many similarities between the two. <laughs> um, you know, just from from like sucking up enemies, <laughs> so you can use their powers as your own. You uh-huh. do that. You exactly uh-huh. do that. He wears a little hat when you can't like succeed through a mission. You have to wear a little funny right? hat. You wear you wear the chicken hat. Um, you you speak to a stealth mechanic that was that was cut from it. That's obviously you know. Um, geez, isn't um aren't they both in smash now as well they are both in smash yeah i think there's you're making a good point there's weirdly some dna there's a lot of nudity in uh, in kirby like he is only wearing shoes there is there is no outrage there does he does he breathe through his skin guys is that is that how Kirby? I'm not sure. I think that is. He, he's like the quiet. Yeah. I'm not sure that Kirby needs to breathe through his skin. I think Kirby's mouth is big enough to inhale a lot. Right. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I suppose that's true. That is true. All right. Well, let's let's break down the different game modes that are inside this game pack because, uh, like I said, there's a lot to go with. Uh, yeah. And so, like, it scales a little bit. The first four modes are unlocked from the get go, but you need to beat those in order to unlock the later ones. I, this I is do, terribly difficult to do, but you you do need to do that. I do wish, like, for this game having such a weird structure, I wish that it gave you like a little bit of an intro screen right on the boot up or something that was like, "Welcome to Kirby Superstar. We recommend starting with this game." You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Just to kind of like describe that. Because I do think that these games are intended to play in order. Like even though four of them are unlocked at the start, um, if you go right to like the Great Cave Offensive and then go back to the first game, that's going to feel pretty trim in comparison. Right. Um, And one thing that they changed, whether, you know, for good or for ill on the DS version is when you play the DS version, the only game that's unlocked at the beginning is the Springtime Breeze or whatever it's called. See, yeah, and I think that might... You don't like seeing a bunch of things, like, locked when you first boot up the game. Like, I understand having a couple of options, like, available to you just Mm -hmm. so you feel like you can dive into, like, this game's very specific hook. But I agree, it is better to play these in order. Let's start with Spring Breeze, because this is just basically a remake of Kirby's Dreamland. Uh, they, they condensed it all down to just four levels. You can probably play the whole thing in about 10 minutes. It is uh, your standard Kirby fare. So this is like, if you've never played a Kirby game before, this is where you start to get a sense of like, okay, this is what Kirby is. You know, you're going to have to fight that same tree with that spits apples. You know, you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to battle King DDD in what must be one of the easiest boss fights I've ever encountered I mean, in my life. Yeah this, game, oh, yeah, this game is absurdly easy. And like the um even if you have played a kirby game before like it's likely that the only one that you played was kirby's Ga- dreamland for the ds or for the original game boy because that sold yeah. a ton of copies in which case you would need to be introduced to the copy mechanic and yeah so, and that's the big thing that this adds is that you you do have the copy ability available in like traditional kirby games. and i think the reason that this game this sort of i say game but like this mini game is so easy is because it is a remake of the Dreamland game. That game was built around all of your attacks were sucking things in and shooting the back, spitting them back out. Yeah. Um, which, you know, deals a lot of damage to enemies, but like takes a lot longer. 
here you can just like copy the bomb power and just like decimate mm. an enemy with bombs just yeah. rain death mm. upon them just like <laughs> set the forest ablaze wispy woods like walking away with a smile on his face yeah like the exactly. monster that he is i do feel very bad for like wispy woods who is that sort of angry tree <laughs> that is kind of painted as like i guess he's kind of the glass joe of the Kirby yeah, games because he's a tree. He just sits there. Like why does, mm. even if he's a jerk, like even if he's an asshole tree, Shel Silverstein's the asshole tree. Um, <laughs> why just does keeps taking stuff? Yeah. Why does Kirby have to go? Like can't Kirby just go around him and go a different way? Like yeah, why does Kirby have forest. to go blow him up? I know he's stuck to a 2d plane, but come on, you know, Kirby like, can yeah, fly. Yeah, I, I can't just walk away. Kirby's the asshole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this this is a good little intro, and, like, you will kind of forget that you played this once you dig into the later sections, because this is so easy. It's basically a tutorial. Yeah. Like, you can mm, you mm-hmm. can play through this so quickly and so easily. But it is very it's, charming in the way oh, that it's um, Dreamland, Kirby's Dreamland is so charming. My, I love, 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 my favorite um, aesthetic touch in Kirby is when you beat a level and he divides into three Kirbys and yes. does his little happy Kirby <laughs> dance. It's so great. <laughs> And, like, he doesn't do it's that nonsense. in any of the regular games. Like, he doesn't just branch out into multiple Kirbys. Like, maybe that's just too confusing of a mechanic. But, like, it seems like that's clearly something he can do. That Why is, doesn't he use that That in is combat? very odd. Uh, so our next mode is called Dynablade. And so Dynablade is another kind of four-level miniature facsimile of a Kirby game. But this one is a bit more challenging. And I think it utilizes, it emphasizes using the copy abilities more to kind of defeat enemies. Yeah. And your, like, your so goal is here Dynablade is... the one with like the, uh, the Super Mario World style yep. map as well. Exactly. Yeah. About on. Yep. Even, yeah. Yeah. And you have, uh, you're basically just fighting a big bird, you know? Um, and it's, it's a, it's a short, but it, it's, this isn't like dramatically different than what we played in Spring Breeze, but it does ramp up the difficulty a little bit. And I think the biggest thing that we're going to see between each of these different mini games is like just the slightest shift in tone, hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. shows that like the game is like the character is weirdly kind of flexible. Like this already has more of an epic quest feel, and then we're going to have like a sci-fi action thing later. You know, we're going to have di- uh, uh, exploration, and you know, there, there's just kind of a slightly different vibe to each one. This may have like this game may overall have the feeling of like a Sunday morning cartoon series. Or Saturday oh, morning yeah. cartoon series where like each yeah. each mini game is kind of a different episode where Kirby goes on a different adventure and like you can kind of tell that like a different writer or animation team might have worked on that particular game because yeah. the tone <laughs> yeah, is just yeah. a little different or like a you know a different uh, a different author on a comic book run you're like yeah. oh he's got a slightly yeah. different take here I do this Dynablade one um, the shortness here really kind of sticks out um because it does have that super mario world style mini map yeah and you just are kind of used to mm. that like being rife with secrets and you can more expansive yeah more expansive and you can there is like a hidden area you can unlock that allows you to go and refill um oh. which power you want um oh, okay which is kind of cool like that secret zone um in donut yeah. plains of mario world um but like Again, you you cruise through this one really fast, um, and you fight yeah Dynablade, who's been stealing food or harassing the townspeople. Kirby's always or like both. going to save the townspeople, but you never actually meet the townspeople. 
Yeah, you never really meet anybody that he doesn't swallow and kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, maybe they are the townspeople, and he's just like, nope, this is my turf. Mm. I'm I'm raining terror on these. That people. that 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 was the episode that got cut. Is where um, you play as Kirby Kirby's and you protection just, racket. Yeah, you just decimate the town. <laughs> Uh, well, our next mode is one we already touched on a little bit, and that's Gourmet Race, which is pretty much what it sounds like. It's a foot race for either single or multiplayer. Uh, Kirby faces. I don't off think King that DVD. this game is. I don't think this game is multiplayer. Is this one not? Oh, okay. I, I, think thought, I guess that makes sense became because it, it's... multiplayer in the um, in the DS version. You can play this multiplayer, okay. but like, I don't think that the system, with how much slowdown there is normally, I don't think it could run split screen for something like this. I mean, this one, uh, I mean, you're basically just like running through a course trying to eat the most food and beat your opponent to the finish line. So it's pretty simple, but the course layout is uh, kind of, it's all 2D and it kind of backtracks and there's switchbacks and things like that. In a way, like, uh, it reminded me a bit of Iggy's Wrecking Ball. Oh, sure. Played on Nintendo 64, which is... uh, Kind of a non-traditional platformer slash racing hybrid. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- there's only three uh, different circuits that you can do here with about three courses each. So you'll play through this one pretty quickly. Uh, I didn't feel super compelled to play this a lot. Um, no. It reminded me a little bit conceptually also of Kirby's Air Ride, which is, is similarly kind of like a... Uh, it feels like a bit of an undercooked take on a kart racer. Um and that doesn't that doesn't quite explain its mechanics super well, but I mean it's mm. th- this one's fine. It's just this is not the mode I came back. to. I mean, and there's no enemies, there's no copy mechanics. Like you just kind of run from side to side. I think that I don't know. Like I don't have a problem with this being in the game, but it kind of being forefronted as one of the major game modes, as opposed to like I think mm-hmm. I would feel better about it if it was just a mini game, like it was considered yeah, one of sure, the mini games. Sure. Um, because even if you really like this game mode, um, there's very, there's really not much content to it. Cause you're going to run through one of the courses in about mm-hmm. a minute and there's three mm-hmm. courses. So you do the math yeah. people. Yeah. Like I, I, I would be happy for someone if this was their, their game mode that they kept returning to, but I wouldn't understand that. <laughs> I mean, and just speaking as a runner myself, uh, you don't want to be eating yogurt parfaits in the middle of a run. All right. <laughs> That's going to sit really poorly. Yeah, you don't want to be shoveling cake. Come on, people. I know this is meant as a strict uh, training regimen for uh, prospective runners, but uh, I wouldn't take it. To that was going to be the uh, the other mode that got cut from this was a heart rate monitor, where you played through this <laughs> mode with a little thing that uh, you wrap you wrap it around your uh, you know your where wherever they measure your heart. Sorry. Your heart. Your heart, yeah. <laughs> they just strap it around the organ itself. Okay. And Nintendo really, I mean, you say that in jest, but like Nintendo really was trying to make a heart rate monitor become a thing for a long time. <laughs> they, it's like, yeah. nobody wants this. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Oh, can, can you imagine the Kirby branded Fitbit? Oh, man. The fat bit. The fat, the fat bit. bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, our, the next mode is probably my favorite of the game, and that's the Great Cave Offensive. Uh, this is a non-linear kind of Metroidvania-style exploration game where you have to wander through a massive cave and collect as much treasure as you can. So certain pieces of treasure need to be accessed with only certain power-ups, so it helps to kind of know all the different mechanics of the game really well. Uh, and the treasures themselves are like fun little nods to Nintendo history. Like, I found a screw attack from Metroid. I found Captain Falcon's helmet. 
I found the Triforce. I found the whip from Castlevania. Wow. And the deepest cut in the entire <laughs> game, you could find the bucket from Mario and Wario, which is a puzzle game we covered <laughs> on uh, the Patreon show, like where it just gets stuck on Mario's Yeah, only, you can find that uh, bucket. Japanese-only game. Um, uh, and there, there are 60 total treasures to find here. You don't need to find them all to beat the mode. I think there is just like, there's an actual fixed end point that you can Right, access, you can just but... get to the end of the cave. But you can backtrack as much as you want, and if you want to get 100%, you're going to need to backtrack a lot. Um, I mean, I thought this was really clever. They would actually expand on this concept for a game called Kirby and the Amazing Mirror on the Game Boy Advance, which is also like oh. a Metroidvania-style exploration take on the character. Right. Uh, but this is the one, this is the mode I thought that felt the freshest. It felt yeah. like, uh, it, th- this is, this, I'm surprised they haven't gone back to this well more often. It's yeah. Th- th- this is incredible for the time to have a, a a game that I would I would love to see the map of of this um of this dungeon sort of laid out yeah. on a, on a plane to see how big it actually is because it feels enormous with with branching paths and puzzles that are going to require you to go and um clone a clone an ability and then return to a place to get to that piece of treasure um this this was like a really solid base of of a if this was on a cartridge on its own it it would just about be worthwhile you know oh this yeah is, this is something big here this is a this is a great game mode yeah and I yeah think i mean it, it, the, it does feel substantial oh this, go ahead Woody. this is the one that i think stands out as being the most unique um something one of the issues i always have with kirby is even though his skill set is really fun um Mm -hmm. it often when you're just trying to get to the end of the level sometimes the easiest ways to do that are not conducive with the most fun ways you can either yeah and like it kind of doesn't matter in a standard kirby game which power yeah because you can just fly past the enemies or you can kind of just get the blade and just kind of saw your way through everyone um, whereas this mode actually is like requires you to think about which mm-hmm. power you want to mm-hmm. use and use that to solve puzzles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think it works really well as kind of a more a slower paced, um, thoughtful exploration of Kirby's power set, um, which none of the other games in here really are. And yeah, this one yeah. is very cool. And uh, one thing I, I want to add too. Um, a lot of these different micro, or, I don't know. <laughs> these are like these are. I guess there's different tiers of mini games. Obviously, WarioWare has some micro mm, games, mm-hmm, right. um, and then there's mini games, which this has some. These are like, I don't know what the middle ground is between mini games, sub games. <laughs> but then you, you feel like sub games <laughs> only works if there's one big overall game. Um, yeah. Like these are like uh, mac macro games, like... or is that even smaller? Yeah, macro is yeah. bigger. Yeah. Macro is bigger. They they feel like acts almost. <laughs> yeah, like if, acts. If this was repackaged in in 2022, the uh, each of these would be your your acts of the of the narrative of the story, right? You would maybe have your spring breeze, and um, uh, then maybe your, your samurai chop or whatever it is. It's like yeah. that's act one. That's going to teach you all the different mechanics you need to know to then uh go into act two and then in act two you start having to rely on the copy mechanics instead of them simply being a a fun thing that you can tool about with you're going to need to engage with those tools to solve puzzles and and progress and then maybe in the third act it's like well now you've got to 
exploit the uh, individual um, uh, boss weaknesses or something by by engaging with these specific copy abilities. There's, I, I feel like that's kind of the implied structure of the game yeah. as you as you go through and they get more complex. Um, yeah, but it would be it, it almost doesn't feel like the the wrapper for the um for the conceit of the game wasn't wasn't quite there yeah but each individual component was so so polished that i mean if you're going to cut something um and it's functional well maybe maybe one of those menu systems gets uh, gets cut and just obfuscates how you should interact with it but i do i, I do wish it was just slightly more handholdy at that yeah. at that top level to guide you into which game you should be touching next. Yeah. In, yeah. in a in a lot of ways it's kinda of like those getting like a sampler pack of beer or something like that, where it's like <laughs> you, can, you can you can try a little bit of each one, you know, and then eventually, you know, the the series expanded enough that you can probably get a version of like the Kirby that you like in this game as a standalone game. You yeah. know, most of them mm-hmm. do exist in their own format. Uh, so the next mode is called Revenge of Meta Knight, uh, and think of this one kind of like the speedrun mode for this game. Uh, Kirby needs to stop Meta Knight, who's launching an attack on Dreamland from his airship, which is called the Halberd, which you've seen in Smash Brothers as a stage. Um, so you, uh, unlike the other laid-back kind of story modes, this one has a strict time limit on each level, and failing to complete a stage within that time will cost you a life. A lot of these levels scroll, so you need to run and jump and really try and keep up with it. And the time there limit, are... the time limit for a lot of these um, is fairly close. Like there were bosses that I beat with like seconds left. Yeah, no, you do really. It, it really helps, like give it a. a it, it's it's literally faster paced. I mean, and it feels this more one urgent. Me out. Yeah, and it feels kind of yeah. like uh, like I was talking about with the different tones. This feels more like the action sci fi <laughs> version of Kirby and. Kirby, the totally. adorable little round pink puffball, should not fit into that milieu, but he does. But he does, and man. It's so weird. It's just like, again, I'm going to talk about for, uh, Kirby in the Forgotten City, but that has this crazy, like, dystopian vibe uh, that, <laughs> that Kirby's, like, wandering through these, like, ruined shopping wow. malls and things like that, and it works. <laughs> like, okay. it shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah, and this pulls a lot, I think, from, um, it feels influenced by Star Fox. Because yeah. there's sort of these oh, an- cool, anthropomorphic yeah. characters who are managing, you know, Meta Knight's battleship. And every time you make progress, you can hear them over the intercom like, Kirby has breached mm. the inner core. He's on the yeah. left wing. What are we going to do? Um, which does give it sort of a feeling of uh, franticness and, and cinematicness that the uh, other modes don't quite have. And it's fun mm-hmm. that, like, each level you're destroying another little chunk of the ship, you know? There's nine levels total, and, like, it culminates, of course, with a battle with uh, Meta Knight. Uh, you get to see Meta Knight without his armor for the first time if you beat him. And, Whoa, uh, looks, nude Meta Knight. That's your he reward. Looks, <laughs> he looks like uh, Lolo from Adventures of Lolo. I think oh. that's what happened to him. Well, so we didn't, we didn't no- note in the, first, uh, in the first Spring Breeze, you actually fight Lolo. And th- that's, oh, right. like, the second boss is Lolo yeah. from the Adventure of Lolo. And again... They're just walking back and forth with blocks pushing them, as is their yeah. case. And then Kirby comes in. It's like, I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's um, like someone just walking into a factory and punching people in the head. Yeah. 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 One really cute touch that I liked um, in uh, this uh, Revenge of Meta Knight is you meet Dinoblade again. Like at the end of yes. the Dinoblade sort of macro game or whatever, it says uh, to be continued. Like you and Cur- mm-hmm. Dinoblade and Kirby mm-hmm. are friends. And then you meet him again here, and I assumed we'd I'd have to fight him again, but he's like, no, he he gives you a ride and drops you off on Meta Knight's ship, and I'm like, oh, that was a cool callback. 
It was great. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like fucking up the ship for you. It's great. I, I appreciated that. Yeah, this this was a fun mode. Again, it felt kind of short, like because it moves so swiftly and you're just going to be kind of blazing through it. But I, mm -hmm. I appreciated the more action packed kind of uh, uh, take on the series. And I did and, feel like a noticeable increase in challenge on this. I had always remembered yeah. this game yeah. as being kind of laughably easy. Yeah, um, yeah, but I imagine that was because a lot of my memory was just playing the first, uh, you know, one or two games in this, um, which are kind of laughably easy by design. They are. But like, mm -hmm. I was dying a fair amount, and I actually got stuck on some sort of like irritating area where you have to run on switches to open gates, and I kept oh, getting right. caught in a Same. wind tunnel. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I I don't think that this this particular game mode was a walk in the park by any means. No, and, and uh -huh. just one last thing, like I uh, just to appreciate kind of the organic game design of playing these modes in order, like Gourmet Race, which does feel kind of throwaway and kind of undercooked, is kind of teaching you the mechanics of how to make Kirby run. Mm, that's true. You know, it's kind of getting you used to like uh, playing the <laughs> game at speed. So it is sort of organically teaching you the game as you go. And that's just something yeah. I appreciated about it. Uh, our, our next mode here is definitely the meatiest one. It's the closest to like a full Kirby game that exists on this cartridge, and it's called Milky Way Wishes. Uh, so basically, the, yeah, the sun and the moon are fighting each other, and uh, so you need to work with this little jester-like imp named Marx to travel to a bunch of different planets in the solar system and uh, find the pieces of a mystical time-controlling clock to stop the conflict. You know, typical boiler boilerplate stuff. Sure. Yeah, um, so hook... we we've heard this a hundred times. Oh man, now. it's it's this, one of the... It's the classic story: sun meets moon, <laughs> sun and moon get mad. Sun and moon need a magical clock to resolve their differences. Mm -hmm. um, really, the the cool hook for this game is that you no longer have access to the copy abilities just by swallowing enemies, but you can find special power ups hidden throughout different sections of the level. And that will give you a permanent access to that power-up. And you can just press the start button and select whatever power-up you want for whatever situation, mm. which was really cool. Uh, I appreciated that. And that's something that they don't really come back to very often in the Kirby series. Um, and th this is the mode where I died the most. Okay. I, um, there, I, I, there honestly, was... I, I haven't gotten to this mode yet because I'm still fighting my way through Meta Knight. Um, but I yeah. know that this is probably the most fully featured of the modes. It is, and it, it has it has the steepest challenge, I think. There's uh, There are some really clever little boss fights that pop up throughout the game where, like, enemies will appear in little pop-up windows as if you're playing, like, uh, Earthbound or something, and it'll, it'll have an RPG format where you're going back and forth. Uh, you can dodge the attacks, but you <laughs> so can... cool. It's really clever, and I liked it, but uh, I'm, I'm fighting a boss on one of these levels that's just whooping my ass, like, every time I try, like, uh, because, mm -hmm. yeah, he does a lot of damage to me. Uh, but yeah, these these copy essence deluxes, as they call them, is a really fun way to let you collect all the different abilities and kind of experiment with them a little bit more. Are they still the same powers that you find in the other things? You can just access yes. them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and you'll you'll build out your grid, you know, and you can, you know, they're hidden throughout, so it's entirely possible to miss some power ups, but oh, you don't need all of them to beat the game. How do they work with uh, the helper? Can you still summon a helper and then just you reactivate can. the power? Absolutely, yeah, okay. you can do that at any time, uh, which is uh, very convenient. Uh, you don't need to sacrifice uh, a power to have a helper, which is really nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, this one feels very full-featured. It feels like this could have been the standalone Kirby game on its own. Um, it probably still would have been a little bit too short, but it's still, I mean, it's not like most of these games are very long to begin with. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, this this one felt pretty great, and uh, I, I haven't fully finished it yet, but I'm pretty close to the end of it, uh, and uh, it's it's just a good time. So it kind of feels like a little, I mean, thoughtfully so, like a culmination of, you know, this more like usual get to the end of the level Kirby mode. Um, but then there's also the encourage you to explore to find new powers and a little yeah, bit that's slower the cave pace offensive stuff. Of the yeah. cave. And is there a overworld map here, too? There is an overworld map, yeah, very where cool. you're flying mm-hmm. between a couple of different planets, uh, which is very fun. Um, and yeah, every time you're on the overworld map, you can see the sun and the moon duking it out. It's pretty cute. Uh, yeah, this, this this is a pretty great mode. Yeah, I think after the cave offensive, mm. this was definitely the most impressive one. And I, I hope they bring back that like permanent Kirby abilities. I mean, they, it, it must be in one of the games that I haven't played. There are so many of them, but uh, it's a really fun little way to uh, help expand the roster. And it's a it's a really strong second to the uh, to the cave offensive mode as well. Um, and this uh, this la- the, the the last mode has I think the the best application of Kirby to a genre where he shouldn't belong. And, yeah, uh, and that's the that's the R type shoot 'em up <laughs> level. Um, right. I I want I want Kirby R type more than I could have possibly imagined. Um, he he just fits. It, it weirdly does. I mean, he's always riding that little star anyway, and he shoots stuff from his mouth. Like, it, mm-hmm. it does fit very well. Uh, so the last, like, main... Me of, um, oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, was it um, Par- Parodius? The, um, oh, Parodius, yeah. The, the parody side-scroller shooter from, yeah. from Konami. Had, yeah, really, really sort of strong Parodius-type vibes, too. Uh, so our last mode here is just called the Arena. Uh, this is a boss rush mode. Uh, nothing too spectacular, but this is a feature that is still present. Like, again, in the newest Kirby game, there is a whole boss rush arena mode, which is pretty fun. Uh, there are 19 different enemies that you're fighting through, and you can select from different copy abilities at the beginning. Uh, the, really, the most notable thing about this is that Sakurai said that this mode was actually the direct inspiration for the all-star mode in Smash Brothers. So if you like that mode, uh, this is where it originated. And you said you said that this was the last mode to talk about. Well, we haven't talked about uh, oh, the, the, the most yeah, the most have, important modes, really. We have the, um, yeah, the two most important. I mean, well, these are like when when they're describing like the number of games on here, they're usually leaving out these last two. But I think these last two are super fun. <laughs> they are like incredibly brief, like little Twitch, like single screen games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're a lot of fun. So the first one we talked about is uh, Samurai Kirby, which uh, uh, now Woody, you've 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 been stumping for this mode for a long oh, man. time. I'll let you yeah. talk about oh, this. Oh, sure. I'm all about this mode. Um, I mean, this goes to, like, you know, your kind of Wild West showdown uh, type of vibe. Of You know, you have two yeah. characters standing on other ends. Um, and there's just this really, really good music sting. Um, mm. And it sort of sets you on this very twitchy mode. And this is one of the only games that I've ever played where I can feel the tenseness in my thumb. Like yeah. I can physically feel it like wanting to press that button. Cause you have to wait until there's kind of like a go sound, like a, a little, yeah, it will say go. And then whoever presses the button sooner, um, will, will win the round by hit slashing the other person. If you yeah, press, it's like, a, it's like a quick draw mode, kind of yeah. like wild gunman or something. Exactly. Like that, and if you press too early, mm-hmm. um, you get a foul. And if you do that twice in a row, you lose the round. Um, but it's like, I think the sound design is what does it because yeah. it lulls you like the first couple times 
you you feel like you've kind of hit the pattern where you feel like okay i know what sound it's going to be where it lets me go and then the next round it will be a like a half a second longer and you're like yeah shit i thought it was going to be right there because you wanted to sort of time it instantaneously and it's just it's sort of a really inherently cinematic mode and one of my favorite things like i have not found a better game mode to cap off a video game tournament if you get like two people who are in the lead to make oh. them play this game um, and have everyone else watch. Cause it's just like, it, it's, <laughs> it's so exciting. I mean, clearly you're forgetting about the nearly identical mode that was packaged with uh, transformers, beast wars, Transmetals, you know, which is obviously the better game overall. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, th- this is a fantastic Ooh, party game. I haven't like, thought of that game in a long be... time. <laughs> I'm sorry That's to okay. bring that one up. Uh, but yeah, this is it's it's just like twitchy and fun, and you can play it in seconds. You can understand it immediately, and it is like an excellent kind of multiplayer game that you can just get swept up in, despite how short and simple it is. Yeah, the and other plus, one Kirby's is got an uh, adorable little ponytail. Yeah, it, no, yeah. It, that one's great. It's, um, the other one's called Megaton Punch, which doesn't quite have the staying power. It's more of like a timing based thing. Like first there'll be a meter that goes up, and you have to press when the meter's full, and then there'll be two crosshairs that you have to line up. And then there'll be like a metronome that goes back and forth that you have to press right and it's in the middle. So it's just a timing thing. Um, but it there's not since you're not interacting trying to beat someone else like in a meaningful way, like beat their time. Um, it doesn't mm. feel as engaging as Samurai Kirby. I agree. Mm. I think this game is also much easier to master like very quickly, like. Once you, you know, it, it has some fun because, like, uh, when you get the meter right on all three of the, or we get the timing right on all three meters, then Kirby will punch through the block and actually fracture the planet itself. <laughs> and if you get a perfect score on all three meters, you'll break the planet. Well, this half. is more, this is more evidence that Kirby is the, the villain tyrant of this world because yeah. he's just, <laughs> he's just shattering the planet for, for his own amusement. Yeah, for just the sake of a sports contest, you yeah. know, like, but yeah, I, I I did find like the challenge level comes in uh, waiting out your opponent, like because if he punches through the planet, it'll trigger a little cutscene which will interrupt your flow. So you kind of yes. just learn to like wait until he uh, makes all three of his punches, and then you can do yours and really kind of time it out. Yeah, uh, I, I think that that not that this mode is fantastic, but I think that that is the biggest misstep in it is cutting to that cutscene um, when one player mm. finishes. I think if they had mm-hmm. a very strict time limit on how long you could take and didn't cut through the cut to the cutscene until the, both players have gone, it would feel a lot better. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, that's, that's everything here, right? I'm not missing any other secret uh, modes that were crammed um, in here just for fun. There's not like a, a Kirby first person shooter. I mean, all, like all real quick, I'll run you through the three, uh, touch modes that are on the ds version because if yeah you know, oh cool if you're hyped up on this game um the ds version's probably mm, a more technically functional way to play it um sure. especially if you know you have a ds burn a hole in your pocket and the super nintendo cart is pretty expensive at this time oh is um, it really yeah um but like the there's most of the later modes that you unlock are kind of remixes of some of the earlier modes where they take enemies um, and levels from each thing and just raise the difficulty. Um, but the mm-hmm. three mini games in the DS mode, there is a um, like a shooting gallery where um, enemies will pop up in front of you and you just tap on them 
and you're racing uh, computers or up to four play three other players um, how to do this. I found the computers, even on beginner mode, to be really hard. One of them oh, had really? 400 points, and I finished with 100 um, just oh, trying God. to tap Oof. enemies. Um, there's also one that feels the closest to Samurai Kirby, which had its own set of charms, where there'll be it's kind of like a concentration type thing, where there'll okay. be a couple mm. cards revealed on the bottom screen, um, mm -hmm. and then... You, you have to wait, and then it'll say go and reveal a picture on the top, and you have to touch the matching card on the bottom before anyone else does. Oh, um, interesting. Cool. Okay. So that's fun, too. And honestly, I don't remember what the third one was, so okay. <laughs> it, it probably uh, didn't stick with me. But hey, you got to love that like a game that's already so jam-packed with content got a remake that's even more jam-packed yeah, with content. It's like, very that's cool. pretty great. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad they keep finding new ways to incorporate the curviness of it all. Um, well, yeah, I think that is about all I have on this. Uh, uh, do we have any final things to say about Kirby Superstar? I do think, like, CJ, I'm, I'm, I was glad to hear that you um, <clears throat> played this game and really enjoyed it. Um, and I think mm -hmm. this is a great, great game. I mean, I just think it's a great game, like, especially to start with if you're curious yeah. about Kirby games, because it does have, like, that little sample of the different things that Kirby does. And even if you're like mm -hmm. me and you're not as interested in Kirby games because often they feel a little slow um, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. just kind of repetitive, I think that the structure of this and the fact that none of the individual games feel that long really goes a long way to holding my interest. Same. I'd, I'd echo that. I, I feel like this was a, it was a really nice jump in point. I, I had, I had no understanding or expectations. I, I went into this super cold and just every, every game, every, uh, I guess mode that I sort of unpacked had something new and interesting that I, I, I was honestly not prepared for just how polished and, and just, just fun this was going to be there's there's no real duds in in this cart and um and it's the only game to date that's ever given me uh honesty points tenderness points and <laughs> happy smile points absolutely um, you need those happy it, smile points it, it just yeah it, it's stella stella really fun um really great experience i um i i think and coming in right at the end of that 16-bit um era this this might be like what the top tier of this kind of game looks like you know i think um i think woody you said something similar about um the dragon's trap being yeah. the the top tier of like an 8-bit platforming exploration experience um this this might be the 16-bit equivalent of that it's it's just so damn well made it's it's really incredible yeah, I, I was just really impressed with this. I'm glad I finally got an excuse to get around to it and that it's not the mini golf one. Because, <laughs> you know, that one's fine. That one's fine, but it's not like uh, it's not grabbing me the way this one does. You know, that one's more That's of a right. little interesting novelty. Uh, well, thank you so much to everybody for listening. And thank you, CJ, for being such a wonderful supporter of our show for so long. It's it's uh, always a delight to record with you. I, I, uh, I love the games that you bring forward yeah. for us to talk about. And uh, you're just a delightful dude. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very kind. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
All right, y'all. Well, we will see you uh, this weekend. I believe when you're listening to this, our next game is going to be Bayonetta 1 and 2. So uh, uh, some some sexy, shooty action. It's going to be a lot of fun. Pretty similar to Kirby in a lot of ways. Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We will see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.